You can see these new movies at theaters and head for McDonald's Holiday Film Festival where you can pick up the original videos. The Addams Family or Wayne's World. Just $5.99 each when you buy any large sandwich at McDonald's. Cool. Also available, the children's classic Charlotte's Web or Ghost. Just $5.99 each when you buy any large sandwich. I was not aware of that. But hurry, because they'll be gone in a snap. What you want is what you get at McDonald's oh, today. 20 minutes in any direction from the Top Tomato. I don't think Top Tomato is even there anymore, Danny. Oh, well, then great news. They'll never find us because there's no such thing as Top Tomato. They're gonna. It's like chasing a ghost. You're a kite dancing in a hurricane, Mr. Bond. You are. Oh, so uh, this that is party, party fair. Party yeah. fair. They have clearly never sold a Halloween costume because they oh still God, have no. so many like 2009 and part of me wants to go in there and buy all of them because they've did. Got, they've got like avatar costumes from the you know the blue people mm-hmm. and they've got like you know like original like jack sparrow costumes back when that was all anyone could be for halloween or like just nonsense that is like 20 years old at this point and i'm i'm loving every bit of it but the thing is they have not lowered the price on one no. of these items. So they want me to pay $44 for a child-sized Navi costume from the movie Avatar. And it's like, hey, it wasn't moving in 2009. It's not moving now. You did not pay $44 to get that in the door. You can lose some of the profit margin. Well, see, my thing, aside from the prices, that is a huge thing. The yes. fact that old costumes are still priced so much. And this will be its own episode someday. Maybe this will be our Halloween episode, the selection of costumes as a whole yeah. thing. But um, Party Fair doesn't have the sales that Spirit Halloween does at least. Because when you're a Halloween store and you're only open part of the year round, you do get to close and have a pretty good sale um, but what I learned from working at Spirit Halloween is whatever they don't sell, they just keep for like next year. And that's definitely what contributes to the ridiculous selection of costumes they have. It is – first of all, it's absurd that any any Halloween store still wants me to be – look, I get that we have to put in the classics. You got to have like gangster and football player. Yeah. But the sheer amount of costumes for like Egyptian uh, uh, themed yeah. – like. No offense. I've never seen anyone dressed as a a little any of them. Like I get that, like a mummy is not necessarily like. Look, a mummy is not a a representation of Egyptian culture. You can be a mummy for Halloween. Wrap yourself up in toilet paper, whatever. Because you know what? We're not still mummifying people. But when you're dressed up as like, and I get that some people have been like Cleopatra or a pharaoh, but it feels like I don't know. Egypt is 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 a real place where real people live. And so when you've got a costume like Egyptian priest and like, it's just like old timey, like those sort of rounded cross shapes. I don't know what they're called. Like just all that. Like it just feels like one who's dressing up as like Egyptian high priest for Halloween. And two, should you even be doing that? Like, well, that feels more like where I would could only see buying that if we wanted it for a prop for a show or something, you know? Yeah, like a, a play. Costume. Yeah, like if your all white production of Aida that your high school's putting on, right? Um, Disney's Aida. Yeah, Disney and Elton John present. Anywho, I don't even know how the heck we got on. I don't know. That. You want to start the show over? <laughs> <laughs> if we had a dollar for every time we started the show over. We'd have eight whole. We'd be able dollars. to buy some 
listeners. We'd be able to buy love, friendship, fame, fortune. You can buy fortune now. I don't know if you've heard. Um, anyway, welcome well, to the Pants Are Too Tight. This is the best name for a podcast ever. If you don't know by now, which you should know, this is a show about the little things. It's a show about the little things, but not the good little things. Not your pleasant little warm cookies that you come home to after a rough day at school. Not that plate of ratatouille that your mom makes you. Like, you know, like let's say you're like a pale French child and you crashed your bike and you come home with a single tear in your eye, but your mom made you that plate of ratatouille and that makes everything better. And when you taste the ratatouille, you realize that the average piece of junk is more meaningful than any criticism you will ever write. And so the 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 critic enjoys a privileged position. We offer up very little and and we are rewarded for it. Meanwhile, artists offer their souls. I will return to Gusto's soon, hungry for more. It's not about that kind of little thing like a plate of ratatouille which returns you to your French countryside childhood. It's about the bad little things. Oh yes, the bad little things. Like when your brother eats a truffle and gets struck by lightning because you're trying to cook with an antenna. The bad little things. The little things that make you upset like when like 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 when your pants are too tight and they grip you and they squeeze you and they pull and they just they they hurt molly why do you look why do you look distressed danny is so animated right now that it looks like he was performing for you as if you could see him but you couldn't but he really was shaking his whole body yeah um anyway i'm molly and that's danny and this is the pants are too tight um please follow us on instagram or twitter um, we'd really appreciate that and tweet us or message us or tag us in your stories and let us know what you like about the show and what you don't if you don't like anything. Um, I mean, well, now hold on. What? Molly, What did you not just hear my whole thing about criticism? How the average piece of junk is probably more meaningful than the criticism okay. we write? I want Molly, some kind very, of feedback. We are a very average piece of junk. We are. And what are we going to do with all that junk up in our trunk? We'll tell you. We're going to do a after podcast. After the break. <laughs> after this break. I was doing little John Oliver hands. You were doing John Oliver that. hands. If you, By the way, um, if you've never noticed, John Oliver, it's not like Trump hands where it's annoying, but like John Oliver does have a little set of hand motions he always does. He does. And I like them because he does sort of, you know, he puts his hands down. You're doing really good John Oliver like eyebrows right now. physical impression of John Oliver, but I'm not going to do the voice because that feels hacky to me. And I don't know why. Um. Anyway, I'm going to open the show with some feedback that I got um, on our previous episode um it's just like a minor correction um so i was talking about hamilton and the bus aka the bank of the united states and i was talking about how andrew jackson destroyed the bus and um i would just like to clarify that andrew jackson did not destroy hamilton's bus hamilton's bus kind of destroyed itself because it didn't get renewed so they were like ah we don't want the bus anymore and then they basically created a second almost identical bus and then andrew jackson destroyed that one so just so you know sometimes i talk about history a little out my ass and uh that was an example given to us by a viewer so please correct me if you would uh like and i'm sorry i keep calling you viewers to this non-visual podcast um, Danny, we had a terrible experience this week that oh, we need to yeah. share with the I'm people. I'm sorry. While you said that whole Alexander Hamilton thing, I was neck deep in scrolling through my phone, which I try not to do 
while people talk because it's rude and disrespectful, but I felt it was rude and disrespectful of you to try to actually talk about like real history and like facts. I and wanted whatever. to make sure I wasn't giving people bad facts because well, I quickly like, breezed past some that details. Is so far down on the list of bad stuff Andrew Jackson did. It's like not even cracking the top one hundred crappy I'd like things. To be clear, I don't think destroying the bus was a bad thing. Oh, you're a big fan of Andrew Jackson's bus destruction. Yeah, I am. Hmm. Not really. I have no fucking clue. I don't know um, what the, I don't know what it entails. I don't know how it would even translate to our modern economy. I have economy. not even not even a clue. It's a stupid not country. Kind of it's a stupid country. We hate country. Andrew Jackson. Yeah. We hate America. Print that on a t-shirt. Yeah. The pants are too tight. We hate America. <laughs> oh yeah. That'll go over well. I'm sure it'll go over. I great. mean, honestly, I mean, it's true. actually, right now, right now, it might I be feel like hot. that would actually sell very well because it's very trendy to hate America right now. But we've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> I've been hating America so long. Look, the only good thing about America, ooh, let me think about this. How do I want to word this carefully? Is uh, the fictional character Captain America, who's not real. That's the best part. Oh, I guess Superman is American. But I'm inclined to just chalk him up to the Canadians, and I don't know why. It has nothing to do with him. I Am I, am I, I not I, making I, sense? I, You're looking at me I, like I'm not. I just, I don't know, Danny. Am I talking weird? I've never been so hyper-conscious of the sound of my own voice. It's these glasses I'm wearing, these fake Take glasses. Take them off. I can't. Danny puts on these glasses and like I don't even know what he's doing. It's I, just, They're supposed to- You look like a different man. I, honestly, Molly, in some ways, I am. <laughs> <laughs> we have to tell these people about our, our horrible experience. experience. Okay, so last week, as you may or may not recall, if you ever listened to this before, we- kind of uh, alluded to this little movie that was coming out known as Psych 2, Lassie Come Home. And we were very excited as pretty big psychos ourselves. We were pretty darn pumped for this movie. We've Real been quick, like, God. Just some quick. There's a TV show called Psych. Yeah, yeah. And people who enjoy the show are sometimes referred to as psychos, much the way that a Star Trek fan is a Trekkie or a Trekker. Uh, someone who likes Psych is called a psycho. Psych is a comedy mystery show where uh, this sort of a lovable con man, Sean Spencer, he's a, he's a goofball, a screw up, a, 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 a layabout, a vagabond, a vagrant. He and That's his be- his life his lifelong best friend Gus. They uh, lie to the Santa Barbara Police Department. They say that Sean is a psychic detective when in reality he's just a very good detective with an eidetic memory. And so it's like a fun show where a guy pretends to be a psychic and they solve murders. And uh, it's pretty good. And I like it. And um, the bad guy, one of my favorite things about the show, it's a very little thing. Obviously, the best part about it is the humor and the characters and the writing. But one of my favorite little things is that they never shoot the bad guy. It's one of my favorite things is that anytime it is, it's like a fantasy world this show takes place in where anytime a police officer draws their gun like uh, a they almost never fire a shot i think the main they they fire but i don't think they ever hit at least they never kill there's one episode where a guy is straight up a serial killer has gone on a rampage and is about to murder sean and i won't spoil what episode this is but he's about to murder sean and his love interest juliet is there with a gun and when the man that she loves is about to be murdered along with his best friend gus 
When he's about to be murdered, she doesn't even think to shoot the criminal. She literally shoots the gun out of his hand like <laughs> like she's at an Old West stunt show at Universal Studios. The guy goes, whoa, and she like shoots a knife or a gun out of his hand. And it's so f- – I, I love it. It's such a pleasant version of – I wish the world well, was like – What's great about it is that they have a character who is Lassiter, Detective mm-hmm. Lassiter. He – He's like a He's gun He's a gun nut, nut and yeah. wants to shoot everyone. He has discharged his weapons so many times in the field and they yeah. bring it up all the time. But we don't see them kill anyone. I, someone's probably gotten shot at some point. I'd imagine in a leg or something. Yeah, but I really and don't think they ever kill anyone. There's probably some illusion, like a reference to Lasseter having shot someone or something. But it's what I love about Even it. Even when they do kill someone, it's not the police that do. It's another character. Yeah, that someone else. Kills someone. Yeah, yeah. We're in, anyway. But anyway, it's just it's a very pleasant show, very funny. I highly recommend it. And un- unfortunately, now right. the whole show is very easy to get your hands on, which is great for people who want to get access to a, an incredible show. Totally worth binging in your quarantine. It is. It is funny. It is amazing. It is smart, and it is so much more entertaining than like, you know, I like mystery shows and stuff, but like your average police procedural, I I personally can't watch too many hours of law and order before my eyes start to fall out of my head, but psych I could watch for days. And we do. We spent the beginning of the quarantine watching a lot of psych. Yeah. Gosh. Um, Oh, it's been so long. Psych's been off the air for a few years now, but since psych went off the air, they decided to make two movies so far. And we heard about psych two a long time ago. And when we first heard about it, it was like supposed to come out a while ago, and then at it least didn't. a year ago. Yeah, it Psych Two got kept getting pushed back, and then it was announced that Psych Two was going to premiere on Peacock. And yeah. then I found out that it wasn't coming out until July of this year, and it was coming out on Peacock. And I was like, Ah, okay, it's we got to get Peacock. It's been something like a year since it was originally planned to come out, and it's just it's been slightly disheartening to see that goalpost get pushed back further and further and further yeah. because you know the movie was done and finished and you're just waiting for it and it's i i that 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 can be a little annoying and for they a fan, kept but. telling us too like we didn't have a date for so long and they'd be like we really want to tell you but we yeah. don't know At so we rate. had so much anticipation to this movie Huge we're so fans. excited especially because they had some issues with the first movie because the actor who plays Lasseter had a stroke and yeah. so they had to kind of rewrite the movie and it didn't come out how it should have. So we were very much anticipating – I took a really long pause there. Yeah. Very much anticipating this movie. We told you guys to watch it. You should watch it. It's great. Watch the whole show and watch the movie. Yeah. We go to sit down to watch the movie. On the premiere date, mm-hmm. I get all my little psych gear. I bring down my pineapple – there's a lot of pineapples in the show. My pineapple stress ball. I – Take down my Lassiter bobblehead, all my stuff. She puts together a diorama to watch this movie. I did. I got really she gets decked it out. queued up on her laptop. She registers an account for Peacock, the NBC streaming service. And now Peacock originally said that you had to watch the movie under the paid version of Peacock. And I was like, all right, I'll sign up for the trial and cancel. And if I like it, I'll keep paying for it. But then magically on the day of the premiere, later in the day when we sat down to watch it, it wasn't on the paid version anymore. It was free. It was free. Yeah. And we were like, wow, it's free. This is great. Yeah. And and the thing about Peacock is there is a free version of the service where you just watch ads and then you get to watch your content, which is um, how television worked. Yeah. So kind of an interesting throwback um, and how YouTube works. But um, yeah, so so Peacock 
has quite a library, quite mm-hmm. a quite a vast ocean of content owned by this Including corporate all of Psych now. Yes, all of Psych. So if you want to watch Psych, you can literally do it for free, I believe, right? Isn't yeah, that on the, I yeah. believe so. So you can do it for free. Um, I think you just put in your email address and they'll follow you till you die or whatever, but that's fine because um, we've all given up the right to privacy in exchange for YouTube videos or mm-hmm. whatever. Anyway, so Psych is there for you. Go, go love it. But my... What happened was, and I, I, I will just tell the story from my perspective. I watched the light leave Molly's eyes because she, again, we, our family was sat down, our little family unit, we're all together in front of the TV. Molly's got it queued up on her laptop. She's created a diorama for herself. We all have snacks and drinks and we're ready to watch this movie. I hand Molly this brand new HDMI cable that I had bought. He was I, very excited to use it. I was it. so excited because, you know, I, I, it, it, there's nothing going on in, in my life. I'm so empty and sad in this quarantine. And I had gotten this new HDMI cable and it's like a long braided cable. It's like, you know, you're not supposed to be able to break it or anything. And I was just excited to get to use it because there's nothing to watch anymore. I've exhausted all I have. Anyway, that was Nathan Lane complaining for me. But... um. Yeah, so we connect the HDMI cable to the television, and then this curious thing happens where anytime we plug Molly's laptop, which is showing the Psych 2 film, mm-hmm. anytime we connect it to the television, it stops working. Oh, 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 but not after it let me watch, not till after it let yeah. me watch, like 30 rounds of ads. So we yeah. have really crappy internet, so I kind of thought it wasn't playing the movie because... The internet was crappy, mm. and so I kept refreshing the page. Or I was like, maybe there's so many people watching the Psych movie, it's uh, not loading. And then the I unplugged the HDMI plug from my computer, and the movie played. And then we started getting really angry. So then we Google it, and apparently Peacock doesn't let you watch things with an HDMI plug or any other external monitor. At least from a Mac. It was so obnoxious and infuriating. And it is such a cold, corporate, transparently greedy move on behalf of Peacock. Now, listen, number one, obviously, we are huge supporters of the content being produced yeah. for this corporate conglomerate. We are huge fans of Psych. We we love a lot of NBC's programs. Psych 2 was great. It like, was I'd great. Like but by the way, when we, when we did eventually watch it, um, we, we loved it. It was great. Watch it, we, we, but maybe we, don't watch it without watching the series. Yeah, it might be a little confused. psych. The psych movies do not work unless you've seen the TV show. And the first one, obviously, they had a, a to rush to uh, account for the fact that uh, Timothy O'Munson, who plays Lassiter, would not be in the film having suffered a stroke. Um, he appears briefly. Makes guest he makes a little guest, a little cameo. Um, hidden mostly in what shadow. What a performance by Tim in this movie, though. Really beautiful. I cried at Psych Two. Tim name basis with him. Like, yeah, you're what? really that close Tim, with him. Like I'm that close. But like it, it really was a beautiful Great performance he gives it. in this one. He is still recovering from his stroke. He is still doing his daily physical therapy. Obviously now, you know, with a mask and everything. But you know, he oh he's God. still out there recovering. What a strong man! Because I really think that would just put me down for the. You count. would just. You would I'd just, be done. I'd be like, all right, I'll watch my movies at home. I will not be in them. It is hard to imagine the kind of strength that it takes to like to and how quickly he decided to go back to things, which like yeah. I don't mean that in like the there is this odd thing that happens when people suffer something debilitating where we tend to 
we tend to look at them as like, oh, he he can still offer a monetary value to our capitalist society. That means he is a hero, as if a person who becomes uh, um, completely physically uh, crippled, as if they are somehow less valuable, when in reality, everyone's valuable and surviving or not surviving. Like it's, you know, we, we tend to frame things in this way of like, he is working again. Mm-hmm. That is good because he fueled the machine that we all worship. But in the case of someone like Timothy Amundsen, the man does not need the money. I'd imagine yeah. he would be quite fine on his own. Um, just, you know, living off residuals or voiceover work or something like, you know, it's not like the man was hurting for work to begin with. He's a, he's a veteran actor, but like here, it's just so nice to see him kind of getting to play characters who have the same struggles that he does on This Is Us. He plays a character who suffered a stroke and, uh, in this psych movie, his character, this is not a spoiler. It's the opening of the film. He's been shot six times while on duty and um, during surgery, he suffered a stroke. And so in the film, you see him either A, suffering from six gunshot wounds, which I would imagine hurts a lot, uh, or you okay. see him after a stroke working to recover. And he gives such a wonderful performance yeah, in this movie. Yeah, he doesn't miss a beat. Like, he's yeah. amazing. And that really, I mean, that's what was the crux of the film was they yeah. felt like his emotion. But the the thing that really got me is like he's still very much like it's he's the character, you know, like, yeah, this is what he he wasn't playing himself. Yeah. He was definitely playing this character still, even though it was such a personal situation yeah. to him. He was still Which is in so the interesting character. because the character is so different from him because he comes off as so sweet yeah he comes off as very sweet and nice and lassiter is a very strict kind of hard ass hates hippies and vegans and you know just that sort of archetype i i gotta say this about the movie i Mm -hmm. just do it's not a spoiler but um joe mckay i keep keep doing that joel Joel McHale. it's a struggle for me to say his name joel McHale is playing his father yeah which is hysterical because he's you know younger than Timothy and uh, sure. Tim, my main man. Um, and that's just a hysterical sight to see. And that was one of my favorite parts of the film, just the fact that this relationship existed like that. Yeah. Um, you can cut that. That sounded boring. I just had to say You're it. just going on that based on the fact that my eyes glazed over and rolled back into my head because you're such a dull, no, boring No, I'm going worm. on that based on that I couldn't get the words I wanted to say out of my mouth. Always and, a great uh, trait to yeah. have when you're doing a podcast. Anywho, Peacock. So this movie was great. <laughs> so this movie is incredible. Fuck Peacock. And Timothy O'Munson is is doing a wonderful thing by representing his struggles on film and and media. And also, he's just really cool. And he's it's great. great to see him doing. It's great to see him doing so well. Um, but anyway, Peacock can just bite me. Yeah. So we tried to use Peacock. We wouldn't let us use the HDMI port. Like that was so so fucked up. Cheap and greedy, and it's because they want you to buy an LG brand smart TV or have Comcast uh, Xfinity. Yeah, if you have Xfinity, you get Peacock with it, or you use the Chromecast. They do not have; they don't have a deal with Amazon Fire Stick or Roku, and the PlayStation is supposedly getting a, a version on Monday. Yeah. But, so the day that this podcast will be released, you can probably watch it on a PlayStation. But the movie w- 
was premiering on exactly. the 15th. You're going to go online. All your other so psych fans are going to So I was going to wait it. all those days for the psych movie after I set up all my stuff? It's, after I waited years for this? I don't think so. I hate this kind of thing because this is the whole point of there being any kind of law written about, you know, being antitrust or yeah. uh, anti-conglomerate. You know, you're not supposed to have a corporate monopoly. But look at the 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 sort of small ways that a company seeks to screw over their consumers it's like this company has some branch of it which deals in electronics nbc used to be owned by ge they're not anymore but this one conglomerate the comcast nbc universal dreamworks conglomerate think about that if you don't have comcast internet you're not going to get as good of an experience with peacock that is already creepy to me and that is already alarming the fact that the people who provide you with information yeah. you know cuz the internet is technically kind of an impartial carrier of information it is your way of accessing your biased sources of information mm-hmm. your your opinionated things right so now we have the people who carry the, – the people who give you that conveyance, the people who allow you to connect to the world. All of a sudden, they are protecting not just their own corporate interests but the interests of a completely separate corporation. It's a ridiculous example but let's say um, – what's an NBC program uh, that's on their streaming service? What do they Parks have? Parks and Rec. Let's say Parks and Rec. Let's say um, – and again, this is a very silly cartoonish example, but let's say they want to boost the viewership of Parks and Rec. Comcast could, I don't know, not allow you to access negative reviews of Parks and Rec. They could just so happen to stifle a website that speaks ill of Peacock. And they're not doing that now, but they could do it if they wanted to. And this HDMI thing, I know it is such a small thing. I know that it technically doesn't matter and you can watch it on your laptop or your phone. I get that. I really do. But it is such a small yeah. little way to screw over people who don't have the money to go out and buy a new TV. And in the yeah. middle of a pandemic and where I people w- are losing their jobs and I the economy's crashing. I want to know crashing. what the like, thought behind it was. Was it Peacock or I want to know like maybe was it Apple? Because this is the thing. The HDMI plug didn't work with my computer, but it did work. I have a Mac. It didn't work with Danny's computer. Danny has an HP, right? You said, You mean it did work with mine? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, I have an Danny. old HP laptop so, that I never do anything but dr- – I never do anything but draw on my computer and edit this one podcast. So I never do anything with this computer. So it's old, but it still is fine and it works okay right. because I just have never loaded anything on there but the drawing software so and we Adobe. don't know if it worked because it was not a Mac or if it was because Danny's computer is so old. My computer we also might know- be so old that it's not a threat to yeah. their corporate oligarchy. We don't know. And I did – I had looked it up. And a ton of people complained about this because, you know, who wants to sit and watch a movie just on their laptop if you can plug it into the TV? What Especially is, like a premiere of a movie. Right. And these and definitely people, not on my fucking phone. These people who run this company are already profiting off of your viewership because even if you are getting the free version, you right. are seeing a bombardment of ads before I the watched movie the begins. ads like five times we trying really to get did. the HDMI thing to work. And but that's the thing is that they didn't advertise this. If yes. you had said, hey. You can't do this. You can't airplay it to the TV, which I tried. Yeah. You can't do the okay. Then I would have known. Like Quibi 
told you flat out you can't watch this on anything but your phone or a tablet. Quibi was nothing but warning signs. Yeah, they told us. From the get-go. And did it work for Quibi? No. And so why didn't Peacock learn from this? Peacock, I don't... uh, Peacock does not learn from a lot of things. I'm just going to put that out there. I, I am infuriated by this because it is such a cheap move. It is such a small thing. You don't lose any money. Right. It, no one is going to go out and buy an Literally no human being is going to go, hmm, well, if I, I think- can't watch Parks and Rec through this HDMI cable, I suppose I shall have to purchase an LG smart TV. I don't think it was about the TV. Here's what I think. I think it's, hey, Danny, you and I want to watch this movie together. Let's put it up on the TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't. That's fine. You know what? You watch it in your room. I'll watch it in my room. We're watching double the ads then. Oh, you mm. think that's what it is? Mm-hmm. I genuinely think that somewhere in these twisted idiots' brains, these people who make millions of dollars a year for sitting around in an office and saying, have other people do my work for me? Thank you, Janice. Those kind of people, I think that it is genuinely their train of thought of, well, hold on, if they can watch this on any old television... Uh, they might not be buying our LG smart TVs. They might not be subscribing to Xfinity cable. I know. Why don't we stop the pores from using their uh, their HDMI cable? Because if they cannot connect to a larger television, they will have no choice but to purchase our televisions. As, uh, that is mm. the kind of thinking that these people always have. How about this? Because they think the universe is centered around their product because they are incapable of thinking about people's actual needs. It's always something like that. You yeah. know, like, um, oh, what's a good example? Uh, you know, it, it's like metaphor or simile. There you go. I think what if, you know, they – because in order to get all their content back Mm -hmm. to put on this streaming service, they had to probably end a lot of deals that they had. So people – they probably weren't getting in that money, you know, from like Netflix paying for the rights to stream whatever show. I feel like they're losing that money. They want to make that back. Molly, this company is so huge. Well, this is the thing. They We're coming so for them money. and we don't care. You know, yeah, maybe we've now ruined our Peacock sponsorship, but hey, I'd fuck read it. it. Uh, look, I'll tell you right now. I'll read an ad for Peacock. Do it. Make me eat my words. Come on, NBC. Give me some of that money. I- would be fine with Peacock if they were like, hey, let you use an HDMI plug. So here's the rest of our saga. So we tried the HDMI plug in Danny's computer and we could see the movie on the screen. But Danny's computer is old and shitty. (laughs) Shut up. And so it was buffering like every second and we couldn't watch the movie that way. So we tried restarting Danny's computer. We tried... Connecting to different... The the, other secondary internet thing. We tried a lot and then eventually... One last thing we decided to do <laughs> was Danny looked up different browsers and he used yeah. the Microsoft browser, yes. which streams videos never, well, apparently. I have never once in my life opened the included browser on my computer, which is Microsoft Edge. Never once have I thought, I want to use Bing today. Let me open Microsoft Edge. Never once. Um, I've always just used Google Chrome or certain paperwork needs to be filled out on Firefox. Yeah. I don't know what that's about, but whatever. I've used those two browsers, right, on my computer. And I just assumed they would work best because Google Chrome is is widely held as a decent browser. And this was on the Chromecast and one of the few devices Peacock allows. No, let's not talk about that. So I... I, I, I Googled it, and apparently um, video quality, this is an issue that some people who are real and having that good video quality have, is that um, 
is that Google Chrome max as, basically maxes out at 720p, which is essentially the quality you'd have on your average standard DVD. That's mm-hmm. standard definition, 720p. Um, and then 1080p is HD, so that's a Blu-ray. And then there's 4K, which is the Ultra HD. Right. Which Peacock does not come in, for the record. Oh, e- Peacock only comes in 1080p? There's no 4K yet. Mm, interesting. Even DC Universe has 4K, but I, I'm not... You know, I'm not. No, well, no. It doesn't matter to me. Point is, I looked this up, and apparently Google Chrome uh, maxes out at 720p. Safari is capable of 1080p, and Microsoft Edge, for some reason, streams in 4K. And I thought that probably just means that the browser is willing to be slow enough. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it will take 10 minutes to load a video, is what I assumed it meant. Then I opened Microsoft Edge, and uh, not to plug another giant corporation, but, but hey, Microsoft Edge. The hero Edge. of the fucking day, though. Right? Like, my computer is so old that it is not considered a threat to Peacock and their profit margin. Um, but Microsoft Edge apparently will stream a, a movie in HD to me, which was nice enough. And it was great. And see. we had no problems. And so Microsoft was the hero of the day. Thank you, And we Giant got to watch the movie. And the movie was great. And we had a great time from here yes. on out. But this was like over an hour and a half it was, that it took us to just put the movie itself on. The movie Our brother would fell have asleep been over. in the time it took us to yes. start the movie. Dear Sweet Ryan passed out. He passed away. <laughs> Um, Our brother died waiting to watch. Are you happy, Peacock? You killed my little brother. I'm coming for you, Peacock. You killed my boy. That was our fucking experience. So this fuck, week. Peacock, fuck Peacock, but I great do job wonder on if Apple movie. had some part in this though. If they wanted me to get the Apple TV, you know, because it was it, on Apple TV, yeah. And so the app was on there. I wonder if they wanted me because that seems like a very Apple thing to pay for yet another device. Yeah. I don't know. I don't care. I don't know. I hate big companies. We hate it. Um, but so this really got us thinking, the psych movie, about movies that are based on, on the, TV shows. The programs that you see on your beloved little television. So that's what we're going to talk to you all about today um, in the the time we have remaining together. Yeah, we don't have a lot of time left. Yeah. I should take this opportunity to tell you I'm not feeling well, Molly. Oh, no, Danny. Molly? Molly is part of me turning to dust? Well, you took off your glasses, so... Put them Don't put back, back on. Don't put them back on. Um, all right. I'm putting the glasses back on. Molly's uncomfortable because I look like a woman at a church potluck who gossips about her neighbors. Yeah. As discussed in the previous podcast, it's because I think he looks more like Stanley Tucci slash the guy. What's his name? Jamie Kennedy. Is that his name? What's the guy from from Scream, Danny? Jamie Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy, when he stars on Criminal Minds, that's what Danny looks like right now, and it's a little scary, but like less creepy than that guy. I'd like to be clear. He doesn't Thank actually you. look like him. Thank it's just you. reminding me just of it. Just a little clarification helps. Okay, movies based on TV shows. So we've each come up with five movies we want to talk about. We have not yeah. told the other what the five are, and no. I am worried that we have the same five. Honestly, if we have exactly the same five, that's an even better podcast, but I can guarantee we don't because I think you haven't heard of one of mine. Okay. So- uh, we, we you know, just real quick. Yeah, there on. are some sort of subcategories of movies based on TV shows. Yeah, there are movies that are based on the same thing a TV show is based on. So, like the 1989 Batman movie with Michael Keaton and The Dark Knight are not based on the 1966 Adam West TV show with the Biff and right. the Power and the Bam. They just are both drawing from Batman comics, right? Right. That's not what we're talking about. That's today. not what we're talking about. 
there there are TV show based films that act as a reboot of the TV show, sort of a reference to the TV show. A great example of this would be The Adams Family. Uh The Adams Family movie, which is mm, Chef's Kiss, uh and Adams Family Values, which is two chefs kissing each other. <laughs> Sort of like in Ratatouille. It's I'm really going heavy You're on the going Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Honestly, Ratatouille I am ready Tui for Ratatouille two. Too much Tui. I am hyped for Ratatouille two. It's There's not good. coming. No one's say, making it. I haven't it. heard of this. I just want it to happen. The guy who voiced Skinner, the yeah. the evil sous chef, uh-huh. he passed away recently. Oh. I wanted to let you know because I've take I've waited until now. It happened a, a week or two ago. I waited until now because uh, literally nothing else he's done means anything to you, but is important to other people. Oh. He's in Alien. He's in Lord of the Rings. But it's like none of these things really connect to you besides Ratatouille. And yeah. I didn't want to walk up to you and be like, "Hey, remember the short guy from Ratatouille?" And you'd be like, "Yeah," and I'd be like, I mean, "He's dead." This is essentially what you just did. Still, <laughs> I mean, yes, but now it was in the conversation, right? So I sort of looped it in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the Adams family is so an the Adams example family of is a great example of like a reboot of a TV. It's an show. adaptation kind of of the show. Yeah, pretty much because it's like it's, and one could argue that like well they're both based on the comic strip by Charles Adams, but not yeah, really but because get the hell out of here with that shit. Number please. one, the characters in the comic strips didn't have names. Charles Adams created the names for the producers of the TV shows to use, and um, he actually his original name for Pugsley was Pubert. Uh, and they thought oh. that was nasty. Yeah, that's gross. Thank so they God renamed him Pugsley, that. but in Adam's Family Values, they named the baby Pubert well, as a reference disgusting. to that. Well, that's disgusting, and I hate um, it, and I didn't know that. I didn't remember that from the movie. You forgot the baby was named Pubert? I remember the baby having a little mustache, but that's about it. Do you remember that the woman is named Debbie who wants to electrocute them all? That is such a good... Adam's Family Values is the best film ever made, but is I don't know Is that the one that. with... What's her name? Joan Cusack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. That Honestly... Where was her Oscar for that movie? I listen. Joan Cusack was nominated for an Academy Award for In and Out, which is one of my favorite movies. But she should have been nominated. Imagine having to accept an award about a movie that's based on accepting an award. Oh, what I wouldn't give if I could live out of these waters, Mom. Um. Anyway, the next category is the next category would be a movie that is an adaptation of a TV show, similar to The Adam Sandler, but slightly different in the sense that they act like the TV show happened already. So, like, the Brady Bunch movie is an adaptation of the Brady Bunch characters, but they refer to the events of the TV show as if they've already happened, like their trips to Hawaii and the Grand Canyon are casually mentioned. And yet, also, at certain times in the movie, they reenact episodes of the TV show, but the characters exist outside of the TV show and are somehow in the 90s, despite acting like they're from the 70s. That's more just an adaptation of the concept of the Brady Bunch, whereas the Addams Family movie seems pretty pretty clearly like hey we're gonna do a movie version of this tv show pretty straight up the brady bunch movie is a spin on it it's these characters from this show have escaped the show and gone into the real world which is like a weirdly common thing a little bit and then we have the final one which is just when a movie is a sequel or a prequel to like the psych films are sequels to the tv shows right so we have a whole tv show that runs forever many seasons and then we're like at the end of it after the show has ended here are some movies or in some cases that we're like hey in the middle of the series we're gonna do a movie aka the hannah montana movie yeah and then we continue the series after that movie 
which um, is the weird one that we like the least, I'd say. I mean, I enjoy things like the SpongeBob movie, which was originally written and intended to be the finale of SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. The creator, Steven Hillenburg, was like, that's enough. We've done, you know, something like three and a half years of this show and we're yeah. doing this movie. That'll be the end of it. But Nickelodeon, I mean, you got to pass up that pile of cash. Well, it makes sense, I feel like, for something like SpongeBob or like we said the earlier today, uh, the Simpsons movie, because yeah. those are shows where like, there's not a continuity from episode to episode. The like, Simpsons has a little continuity in the sense that like someone will show up at one point. But Bart Simpson has had like five tenth birthdays at this point. Right. And he's been ten for 30 years. The events years. of one episode don't continue on to the yeah. next one. Whereas the Hannah Montana movie, it's a little a more A tight like, continuity. Yeah. Where there's four Selena Gomez's, but don't think about that. <laughs> but other than that, a tight continuity of the Hannah Montana series. Do you know what I found out recently? What did you find out recently? That the song. Uh, this yeah. blew my fucking mind. Okay. So remember when- Remember the guy who voices Skinner. No. He's Hannah Montana. <laughs> Remember on Hannah Montana when Selena Gomez was playing Michaela? Mm-hmm. Now, we know Selena Gomez can sing because she's become a singer, right? Yes. Okay. When she's singing as Michaela, yeah. she's not that's not her voice. It's a different person, which looking back on, it's entirely obvious. But at the time, I hadn't heard Selena Gomez sing yet. So I was like, oh, this is what Selena Gomez sings like. She's singing that song, If Cupid Had a Heart, right? Right? Yeah. You're on the same page as me. Okay. I did the singing Years for before this. The movie Get a Clue comes out, and I watched Get a Clue a few weeks ago, and I was in love with it. And I'm listening to Get a Clue, and I'm like, wait a minute. And I hear in the background that song, If Cupid Had a Heart. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is this a cover that Selena Gomez is doing? I had this like aneurysm type moment. And then I look up the song, and it's the same exact recording. It's just some random song oh. that they randomly made by someone who like isn't like a super famous singer, I like guess. It's, it's on like some other collection of music CDs wow. that they used as Michaela's like number one hit. It Oh my, my gosh. Mind. It's just like stock music? Kind of. That's so crazy. I love that. I love this. I now I'm curious like what else is it in because I don't know. That's but so it's cool. really it's really blew I, my mind. Honestly, Molly, that's my favorite fun fact I've ever heard. I love shit like that. That's one just, of the only ones I've ever just straight up discovered. That's amazing. I like you didn't. Oh, that's so cool. Because I, I it was when I heard it and get a clue. I'm like, this sounds kind of familiar. I'm like, what is this? Because it wasn't like you couldn't totally hear it. I'm like, what is that? And then I'm going like, is this like secretly like a Madonna song? And I don't yeah, know. And like, like I missed a, that. No, like I it's love- just. And that's who it's being sung yeah. by is whoever sings this in the background and get a clue. It's the same person who's being Michaela's singing voice. I really love. Now I got to wonder if that's Laura Dickinson because I just found out, you know, she's everyone. Yeah. Um, it's probably not though, but <sighs> I would have known that. Um, Honest anyway. to God, I would. I I love things that are shared among fiction. Lauren Dickinson. What? Laura. I, d- I don't know. Go ahead. I don't even know who you're talking about. Please don't take the time to tell me. <laughs> God. No, I'm kidding. But um, no, I love when something is shared among movies just as a utility function. Yeah. Like that headline from Mrs. Doubtfire, Police Doubtfire. There's like just a bunch of those fake newspapers and they're just in a bunch of movies. People are just reading oh, the I headline, which is a plot point in Miss Doubtfire, is just in like a hundred movies or like um, cigarettes. You you obviously don't want to advertise a real brand of cigarettes on mm-hmm. a TV show. Um, you know, so you can't have your characters smoking like Marlboro cigarettes. 
but there is one fake brand of cigarettes that's in like hundreds of movies. It's Morley brand cigarettes mm. and it's the same font as Marlboro and the packages, they make multiple kinds of packages so that it can look like the different brands. Like they have a green one or a red one. That's so cool. And it looks like that, but they all just say Morley cigarettes on them. And, um, the character in, in, uh, the X-Files, there's the cigarette smoking man in that show. He smokes Morley brand cigarettes just because that's the prop name for cigarettes. And so eventually later on in the show, there's they're trying to track down this man and they end up at the headquarters of Morley cigarettes. And so like because this one prop that's just been recycled over and over again in 100 TV shows, they had to make the Morley corporate headquarters like that's I so cool. I love things like that or like fake license plates that get reused or fake yeah. phone numbers. Like I think Universal Studios for a time had a phone number they made up just so that movies didn't have to use the oh, 555. I always think about that when I hear not 555 yeah. numbers in movies. There was, oh gosh, I think it was Ken Levine was talking about this. He was writing on, I want to say MASH or something and he needed the character to give a phone number and he hated the 555 thing because he was so sick of hearing it. So he was like, what if we just have the guy say six numbers instead of seven no one will catch that in the moment it'll sound like a real phone number yeah and you know but the the network was like no you got to do 555 because if someone calls one number away from that anyway it makes me think a lot about that song eight six seven five three oh nine because that can't that is a real phone number and there are hundreds of different numbers across the country with the different area codes and things so people will like sell you that number for a lot of money because yeah. people will just call it at random. And like, I would not want that number to be getting all those calls. No, you don't want an answering machine full of people doing like, hey, hey is, is this, this Jenny? Is this Jenny? Got your number on the wall. Jenny. <laughs> it's <laughs> me, Barty the Dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that voice is. Anyway, movies based on TV shows. So we, those are the categories TV that shows. we've got. Yeah. Um, so... Let's go. You you go first. Give me your first movie. Okay. My first movie on my my list, my five. Mm-hmm. And these are let's be clear about this. These are not the top five. No, these are not the no. best five. These are just five we want to talk about. These are five. About. My I went for the five that I want to talk about the most. Okay. All right. So number five, Adam's Family Reunion. For oh. a minute you looked at me like, Danny, you already talked about the Adam's Family, but oh no, no. <laughs> what I want to talk to you about is the Adam's Family Reunion. Okay. So this one is half of it is, a, is sort of a cheat, which is why it's number five, because, yes, it is clearly taking its cues from the Adams Family TV show and incorporates more elements from the TV shows than the two movies did. But it's also kind of a knockoff sequel to the movies. Okay. It uses the same like opening credits font and it's the same guy plays Lurch, the butler. They're trying to connect it to the movies, but it's it's clearly taking its cues more from the TV show. So here's what Adam's Family Reunion fucking Sorry, is. Is this the cartoon one that recently came out or no? no. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know what this is. The TV the the animated film is just called The Adam's Family. Okay. Um Adam's Family Reunion is a direct to video film starring Tim Curry as Gomez Adams. Oh I have seen this. My God. Yes. It was it was released straight to VHS. I don't think it's ever been put out on DVD. Uh, it was produced by Saban Entertainment, the people who make the Power Rangers. Um, Saban Entertainment produced this because they had the rights to do an Adams Family sequel film, basically. And they wanted to create a syndicated TV show that they could sell to individual TV channels based on the Adams Family, which was called the like all new Adams Family or whatever. Well, that TV show did eventually get produced, and this film was the pilot for it, but the only actor who's in both is Pugsley. 
He's the mm. he's the kid. I believe he's the same in both. But not from the movies before this. Not from the movies before this. Okay. It's just he was the only guy from Adam's Family Reunion. Adam's Family Reunion is is not good. Okay. But I have slowly been saving up short clips of Tim Curry from throughout the movie because I feel that one day they will be precious sort of gold-like rarities in terms of of creating a meme out of them because yeah. everything he does is bonkers. Every face, every noise, he is the most Tim Curry possible in a movie that is not good. So you're not paying attention to anything but Tim Curry. It's a pretty lousy movie. Basically what it is, there's, uh, I believe Ed Bagley Jr. plays the bad guy. And if you don't know him, he's an actor in a million movies. He's the guy Jim Carrey kills in Batman Forever. So I don't know why I thought that'd be the most famous one, but whatever. So Ed Bagley Jr. is this guy whose name is Adams. And they are having an Adams family reunion. Mm-hmm. But the invitations get printed like wrong and they get sent to the actual Adams family. So then the the crazy Adams that we know, they show up to this like normal guy's family reunion at a hotel and they just cause mischief. And someone's trying to murder someone for insurance money. And the Adams family grandparents are like slowly turning normal. And it's treated as like a metaphor for Alzheimer's or dementia. Okay. So it's like the grandma and grandpa will be like, we want to go gardening or we want to watch TV, like pleasant things. And Gomez will go like, it's so sad to watch them decline. But they're unrelated to grandma, who's still a character. You know, grandma, like grandma, the, the yes. wacky one. So these are, okay. Yeah. So this movie is somehow based on the Adam Stanley TV show. Was the pilot, like kickoff movie for a new Adam Stanley TV series didn't involve Tim Curry in the show. But it's also like kind of sequelizing the TV series originally because the grandparents are there. Very weird situation. Sounds weird. But seems pretty unknown and not successful. It's, Did the show do well at all or no? Um it well look, it was a syndicated TV show. So they made, you know, the fifty two episodes that it takes to do syndication. They sold it to whatever TV channels were willing to air it, and it was produced on a modest budget. So I'm gonna assume it was a success. I personally would consider it a failure because of what they did to the Adams Family theme song in that show. They do like a samba, but it oh just God. happens to incorporate some of the the snaps from the original. So it's it's rough. Interesting. Yeah. So um, thank you for humoring me. That is yeah. Adams Family reunion. All right. So my number one that I picked, I think it's my favorite of these examples. My mm. other ones might not be what I consider good movies, but I genuinely think. This is a great film. Um, 21 Jump Street mm-hmm. with Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. I love both 21 and 22 Jump Street. I've never seen more than like two minutes of the original show, 21 Jump Street. So I can't really talk about how it compares to the show. Like I can't say if they did a good job adapting that or not. But what I can say is it's a great movie. It's a, I think they're hysterical. I think they're just two of the funniest comedies of like yeah the 21 and modern, 22 jump street yeah like more I modern years like it's they just do a genuinely good job and i trying to think how i want to phrase that um like again i don't know about how the show was yeah. it, the show is more serious or comedic got no idea but the only th- really thing you need from the original show is to know 
who the original actors kind of were or that there was a show. Because they show up for one second in the movie version of 21 Jump Street. But I feel that a lot of the people who went to see that movie, because those movies were hits, like a lot of the people seeing it didn't see the show. Most people probably didn't. And they might have not even known that there was a show. And that's what I like is that there's like this subtle reference to the fact that we had this old show, but it's not enough that like the plot revolves around you having seen the show. It's not like a sequel to it. Well, I'd argue that even the sequel, 22 Jump Street, like if you didn't see the first one, it's not a big deal. There's a lot of jokes about it being a sequel, but like there's no tight continuity to the first one. It's just they're both just really solid goofy comedies and i think phil lord and chris miller who directed those films um they didn't write them but they're they yeah. directed them and they um they wrote the end credit sequence of 22 jump street which with all the fake sequels the which is maybe thing. the most brilliant thing I've because you seen. could have gone on to make a bunch of 21 22 23 sure. jump streets and i think they probably would have i don't know how long they yeah. would have been funny for but so for those of you who don't know the ending credits of 22 jump street is just fake movie posters for all potential future sequels and they're hysterical i i, I really do like 22 yeah. jump street because i think that even though they're making jokes about the fact that it's a sequel, and sometimes that can be kind of hacky, mm-hmm. I still genuinely think it's a funny movie. I think because you're it, a hack. With a knack for stealing anything I can? How can you say that? How could you say that? The man really knows how to write a bitch and play. Um, At any rate. Anyway, I think that's one of my favorite examples of a, t- a movie that's based on a TV show, because mm-hmm. I didn't see the TV show, but it works really well as and a And that's movie. a great sort of metric is that the psych movies are great for fans of psych yeah but i cannot i cannot foresee psych the movie or psych 2 lassie come home i cannot see them drawing in new fans yeah outside of they're on the front page of peacock now so more people will click on the show which is great but like they don't really you know they're not going out of their way to be like here's sean here's his backstory because that would be boring if you like the show right to watch them explain I, to you what you know very intimately would right. not See, be fun that's kind of difference is that's a movie that's made for the fans of that show yeah. whereas like 21 jump street they weren't making it for people no. who were nostalgic for 21 jump street i mean maybe that's a very small portion of it but this was just like probably hey, helped we're doing get it the movie, now probably just helped get the movie greenlit you know yeah like, and the name like we might recognize sure. that name like the concept yeah. Like, it is built on the same concept of going undercover in a high school. I would have totally watched a TV show made Version from of, this yeah. movie. I would have w- watched it go that well, way. Well, I'm very excited for um, – this is this is so tangentially related, but I want to talk about it. Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who directed 21 Jump Street and 22 Jump Street, they're producers on a bunch of movies like the Lego movie, which they wrote and directed that one. But then Lego Movie 2, they wrote – didn't direct and then uh spider-man into the spider-verse they're both producers and i believe phil lord helped write the movie not chris miller but they're both producers on it and in that movie there is a recreation of the poster for 22 jump street where it's their two heads but it is with the characters from clone high which is a tv show that ran for one season in the year 2001 on mtv phil lord and chris miller were two of the creators of this show along with bill lawrence it is one of my favorite cartoons one of my favorite sort of short-lived things and i i just mm, ah, chef's kiss i love that tv show and i love that and it says like clone college instead of clone high and it's the clones of abraham lincoln and jfk which is just about the right characters for jonah hill and tanning uh, channing tatum to be tanning chatham maybe you've heard no but 
It's such a weird little reference, and I love it, and I love that it's there. Well, I love that they're in the Lego movie together, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. And Will Forte from Clone High, who played the clone of Abraham Lincoln in that show, mm-hmm. voices real Abraham Lincoln in the Lego movie, which is pretty great. Now, where he well, says his famous line, yes. a house divided against itself would be better than this, and then he flies away <laughs> on a chair. Great movie. Oh, that movie's so good. Now There's... I want to watch 21 Jump Street. Did you ever see the short on the DVD for the Lego movie, which is like, it's like buddy cops with Abraham Lincoln. And Oh, I have. It's really cute. It's I love it. Cute. And it has Will Forte in it. And it also has my heart. Yeah. Um, at any rate, anyway, Molly, number four. One? Number four on my list is a two. I split it. It's a two, but oh. it's just number four because they are the same to me. Okay. I put Bewitched and Land of the Lost. Ah, all right. Well, you took my number four was Bewitched as well. Okay, so we'll just talk about Bewitched and Land of the Lost. Look, they're the same thing. Okay, Will Ferrell took a TV show from the 60s, and he made it into a movie, and the movie didn't make a lot of money. And that is honestly an accurate description of both. Now, I personally... If I had to go to bat for one of these, mm-hmm. if I had to argue that one is is good, and I I wouldn't necessarily make that argument because I don't really like either of these movies that much, but I would argue for Bewitched over Land of the Lost because Bewitched is a weird hybrid conceptual film where they are remaking the TV show Bewitched. Like Will Ferrell is an actor who is starring in a remake of Bewitched. But then he meets an actual witch who works in the same way that Samantha worked on the original TV show where you wiggle your nose and then magic happens. So he somehow meets a real witch while trying to remake the TV show Bewitched, which means that the TV show Bewitched exists. But I think Steve Carell still appears as Uncle Arthur, the character, but in real life, not in the TV show. So it's 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 confusing. It's so confusing. And that's why I actually... If you would have said the two, I would mm-hmm. think Land of the Lost is better. Because it's cleaner. It, I feel like Land of the Lost doesn't require you having seen any or heard of the show. I didn't know that there was a show of Land of the Lost yeah. until today. But um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I didn't. Um, but Bewitched, I've heard of the show. Like I know kind of the general premise about yeah. Samantha and the magic and all of this. It's very confusing because – does she become the actress on the show then? Yeah, they hire her to play Samantha. So she is basically playing herself on this fake show, but she is a real witch to the point where I can't even remember how this movie ends up. Is like I, They do like a big live show in front of a crowd? It's so confusing. It's You're kind weird. of like, did whoever made the show in the 60s like meet this woman or did this woman's life only happen because of the old show? And it's best not to think about it, but I just remember that movie – and here's the thing. Clearly, I have fuzzy memories of both movies. I yeah. just remember that movie being slightly more charming. Land of the Lost being a lot more gross and unpleasant. Land of the, Land of the Lost is gross. Like It's I'm a nasty movie. I loved Land of the Lost when it came out. I thought it was hysterical. Yeah. I can't say if I still think it's funny today because <laughs> I haven't watched it in a long time. I wouldn't bet on that horse, But Molly. the thing that was so funny to me at the time was that there's this whole part of Land of the Lost that just relies on the song from a chorus line. God, I yes. hope I get it. And being... A child at the time who happened to have known about um, a chorus line, seeing it with people who had never heard of a chorus line, who just thought this was funny in a weird moment. I felt so vindicated and like, I know what this is a reference to. Like, that's a great feeling, especially when you're young. Yeah. And no one around you does. You're like, haha, this is a joke for me because I'm more well rounded than you. (laughs) 
I, I it's a know. great feeling when you're a little kid. Nobody loves you, and you get a reference in a movie, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm old." Yeah, you're like, "Yeah." Somehow I'm old. I know what I love. Lucy this is. is. For I don't me. know why. I know I that could be, I could be an actor because I find these things funny. I understand that Drake and Josh putting that sushi in the box is supposed to be like Lucille Ball and her friend right. Ethel putting the chocolates in their little muffin. Um, I like Lana Loss. I'm sure I'd still think it was kind of funny today. I would like but... to be clear about something. I have a great argument for why mine is better. You ready? Yeah. Matt Lauer is a uh, featured character in Land is. of the Lost. Yeah. 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 Will Ferrell's whole motivation is to yell, suck at Matt Lauer. But when that's he good, wins. though. He I mean, yes, Matt, Matt Lauer is a bastard and we should all tell him to fuck off. But I think in the movie it's portrayed as Will Ferrell being wacky for wanting that. Yeah. At any rate, anyway, Molly, I haven't seen it in a long time. I do think I probably. I'd imagine both of these are not great. Bewitched definitely isn't great, but there is a little bit more of a charm to that. Whereas, it seemed more pleasant. And Land now of the that Lost I'm thinking about Land of the Lost, like the the monkeys, like Chaka, Chaka, the dinosaur with the small brain the, that Will Ferrell seems determined to make fun of. There's a lot of definitely it's the Slee Stacks or whatever they're called. The Slee Stacks. My the God, green I gotta guys. watch that movie again. But yeah, that's. Number Never trust four. a man in a tunic is the only joke I That's remember from that whole movie. That. Is that Danny McBride's character just keeps driving home? Never trust a man in a tunic, and, and then it turns out to be true. Turns out, guy with a tunic is a book. It was funny for me in middle school. That's what I know. And Bewitched was entertaining for me in like elementary school, but yeah, I wouldn't Speaking call it of them Danny great McBride. Movies. You know what's really good? The Righteous Gemstones. It's on HBO. It's a good show. It's um. It's about a family of those, you know, like a mega church preachers, like the t- the televangelists uh-huh. who are, you know, bless your heart, give until it hurts, those kind of people. Mm-hmm. It's Danny McBride, uh, Adam Devine, and John Goodman are, oh. yeah, they're these three televangelist preachers. John Goodman is their father. And um, he has a daughter, uh, I believe Edie Patterson plays her. She's She plays Fran in Knives Out. Um, so... Like he like won't let her be a preacher, and uh, because she's a woman, you know, and she's engaged to a bo- she's she's to be married to a a dweeb, and uh, it's just a really interesting show. It's it's more dramatic than you'd expect because it's largely comedic. Anyway, anyway. good show. Right, uh, and I'm just the- oh god, it's just a step up from. I was just gonna say it's a step up from our introduction to Danny McBride in Land of the Lost oh, where okay. he is fascinated with a ceramic mug shaped like a pair of women's breasts. Yeah. And that is supposed to be hilarious to him and us, the audience. So, um, but, not great. but we do love Will yeah. Ferrell, though. I want to uh, make that clear. We love Will Ferrell. This yeah, is not no, a comment I'm here on to Will. support Will. I love Will Ferrell. I think he's very funny. Um, I wish he would stop punching me, but you know. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't explain. Will Farrell's been following me around for five years, um, just sort of lightly I, punching me in the I side. I got to talk about Will for a moment. I'm yeah. sorry. So this is why Will Farrell's the greatest man in the world. Will Farrell is a genuinely funny guy, and he likes to do funny, like, real-life pranks mm. or just do whatever crazy shit he can do. And, you know, he went around and threw all those, you know, op- pitches at, like, every baseball field around. But my favorite Will Ferrell thing that has ever happened is in the movie, the Impractical Jokers movie. Spoiler alert, if you don't want a spoiler for that, it came out this year, I guess. But Will Ferrell is there as an extra in the background. Oh, they're walking by this restaurant and just sitting at the table is Will Ferrell. He makes, he has no lines. They make no mention to him. Nobody notices him. He's just an extra in the background, you know, mouthing along with people at the table. And I, like, was looking and I'm like, is that Will Ferrell? And then it went by again and I was like, oh my god, that is Will Ferrell. And then sure enough, we had like a special thanks to Will Ferrell somewhere in the credits, I believe. And I was like, oh my god, 
Can you imagine being a famous movie star and just like, I'm going to show up for like one second in the background of a movie just because I can? It's fucking hysterical. And he thought of that and he did it. And it's my favorite thing that's ever happened. My favorite Will Ferrell thing is something that he didn't do, but that he thought about. And it's the funniest joke I've ever heard. It's uh, Will Ferrell was at, I don't remember which award show it was, but they were giving an award to Prince and Prince did not attend the ceremony. Um, and so, you know, it was just kind of like they bring out the statue and they're like, yeah. And Will Ferrell was in the audience and he, what he wanted to do was he wanted to get up on stage, pick up the award and act as if he was Prince accepting it, not put on a voice, not do anything, just talk very seriously about his music and his career and how he deserved this award. And uh, he didn't do it. And he says that it's something that he deeply regrets. And I believe him. I, because I deeply regret him not doing I it. I regret it too. I love that story. And I don't remember who – I was watching Comedians in Cars getting coffee. Seth Rogen tells it, right? Yes. Seth Rogen yeah. was telling – I believe Seth Rogen at least. But I'm pretty I, sure it was him. Yeah. He's telling Jerry about it. And I know I am hurt by it. The fact that this didn't happen, like I feel a disappointment. Seeing the look on Jerry's face mm. that this didn't happen just – really confirmed for me what a disappointment it is that that didn't get to happen look i don't want to sound like a jerk but i kind of hate watch comedians and cars getting coffee because i really want to punch jerry seinfeld just once oh i i started it ironically and then i kind of got into it just once i want to hit him for saying why? some i don't know i don't know why you keep talking about hitting people i'm a little concerned i've been stuck inside for a long time you long. have i haven't gone anywhere done anything he's gonna be scared to ever see you now jerry Look, Jerry, let's hash it out on air, you and me. What's right. your number three? My number three is not the Flintstones movie. My number three is the sequel to the Flintstones ah, movie, Viva Rock Vegas. This one doesn't need much explanation. There is a low-budget sequel to the live-action Flintstones movie. Technically, it's a prequel. It is about how Fred and Wilma met and how Barney and his wife Betty met. It's not good. Uh, it features Alan Cummings as the great go- great gazoo. How do you say? I, I believe it's the great gazoo. And, uh, you know, the little green guy who showed up at the end of the Flintstones and was like, listen here, dum-dums. And, you know, he's annoying little. Basically, like if Mr. Mixia Spitlick was supposed to be likable, even though he's a monster. <sighs> I hate the great gazoo. <laughs> I'm so tired thinking about Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas. I'll be honest. I saw that movie forever ago and never again. It's, so it's Roseanne in that movie. Why did I just... No, you're thinking of the fact that Rosie O'Donnell plays Betty in the first Flintstones Oh, that is movie. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I don't know how I know that's what you were thinking about, <laughs> even though the two of them are not at they're all alike. Not, they're just kind they're of a kind little of opposite. together in my head. And as we know, they are on very opposite ends of the political spectrum. Oh, yeah. Um. So, yeah, just, that's, just throwing that out there. Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas... Because um, it's it's taking an element of the TV show that that first movie had nothing to do with. There is not a, you know, we see neither hide nor hair of the great gazoo in um, in the original Flintstones movie with John Goodman. But I here like in this movie. sequel, here in the sequel, oh, we're getting plenty of great kazoo. Let me be clear. I think the original is stronger for not referencing oh, the yeah. great kazoo, Molly. <laughs> I, I want to be clear. That's a positive. That's yeah. a little check oh, in I the category. I think the first Flintstones is a decent live action adaptation of Look, the Flintstones. It it's not do- great, but I, it's decent. I think it does 90% of the things you want a live action yeah. remake of an old cartoon to do. It has the theme song. 
It has a bunch of movie stars. It is about the same level of quality as an actual <laughs> episode of the Flintstones. And it does my favorite thing that these movies always did. I Listen, I don't know if there's a name for this, but each of these adaptations of a TV show from the 60s in the 90s, we were having that nostalgia cycle and we were doing a lot of shows from the 60s. I'm sure there was a Beverly Hillbillies movie. I don't remember. But look, they were all doing the same thing, which was the bad guy was just a like rich person who wanted like land or oil or to close down the rec center. And at the end, they always do something that is slightly too dark for the movie they're in. So like in the Flintstones movie, uh, the bad guy is going to murder the Flintstones. He like, I don't think he has a gun because I don't think they have guns in the Flintstones, but he has some kind of weapon drawn and he's going to kill them. And then the way they defeat him I'm sorry for spoiling the Flintstones movie. The way they defeat him is they cover him in cement and it kills him. And then Mr. Slate, who is the boss of Fred Flintstone, he comes in and he's like, this is way better than smashing yeah. up rocks. You've invented cement, Flintstone. Here's money. You know, but like the plot is genuinely. Oh, and they the town is going to lynch Fred and Barney. Because they have screwed everything up at the end of the second act when they're at their low point, the town literally is going to hang Fred and Barney from a tree. Like it always happens with these movies at the end of the Adams family movie, literally Morticia and Gomez Adams are being held at gunpoint. It's always so funny to me. They always do this. I think in Richie Rich, they have a laser that they're going to use to like carve a, their face into a mountain and like in Richie Rich I believe they end up held at gunpoint it's always there's something thing. where they're like on a ledge or something yeah they're like dangling from the Richie Rich Mount Rushmore yeah. that they've sculpted for themselves oh there's always something like that where it's just like the movie always just comes down to one guy has a gun on your beloved sitcom characters and it's like you sign over your rights to the ancient ground that your house sits on. It's always something like that. Right. Um, I mean, Adam's Family Values is way better because they're all strapped into electrical uh, electric chairs when oh, they're yeah. at gunpoint. Way funnier. Way better. I love that movie so much. It's And also that movie is so dark all throughout because the whole thing is a plot to kill Fester. That it, That's just such a that movie, and also it's The Addams Family, so it's already inherently a little more Oogie? tinged dark. I would say it's altogether, Creepy. I would say altogether ooky oh, yeah. if I had to. That's The Addams Family. Like, it's just, it's so funny to me that all these movies of like, I feel like even the Rugrats cartoon movie is way too, is like just uh, yeah. slightly well, too dark. Well, no, because when you go back and look at old Rugrats, Rugrats it's in Paris. Dark. Rugrats in Paris has Coco Labouche as like a bad guy who wants something from our hero. She wants to marry uh, Chucky's dad. I'm going to marry your dad, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> she wants to marry Chucky's dad and it's slightly too right. dark. She never draws a gun on them, but it feels no, like she's one step away dark. from that. She like wants to get rid of the children. Like it's, it's messed up. She's voiced by Susan Sarandon or Sarandon. I don't know how we pronounce it, but I love Susan Sarandon. Again, I because here's the thing. I feel like I hear it pronounced Chris Sarandon when talking about her ex-husband. But I feel like with Susan Sarandon, I people always, always say Susan Sarandon. Sarandon. Okay, well, know. I'm going to say Sarandon. Susan Saran Rap is one of my favorite actresses, and yeah. I never knew she was Coco LaBouche. And now it's that so I, obvious. Now, now that I've been told, that, it's like, yeah. of course, she has the most distinctive voice in the world. When she was in that one episode of Rick and Morty, I immediately caught that it was her. And you I was did. like, oh, of course. Yeah. 
And I was like, I was like, oh my god, Susan Sarandon, what are you doing on the You're Rick kind and Morty? Blowing my mind as you say that. But like, she's the therapist in the one where he turns into a pickle. Yeah. He turns into a pickle, and then the internet becomes an insufferable place to be. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Molly, what's your number? Uh, three? So I, so here's what's funny is I started my list at the wrong end, but the oh. number three is in the same place. Mm. Um, actually, no, I, I went number one, number four, and now I'm going number three. So you my are. number three is just in general the Muppet movies, mm. um, because the Muppet Show is where the Muppets pretty much started on the Muppet Show. We don't need to get into all the different. There's a lengthy history. Go watch the defunct TV episodes chronicling Muppets, Jim yeah. Henson. They're I'm not going to explain it, but in general, there was a Muppet Show. And it wasn't it wasn't where the Muppets were meant to be. I'll say it. Like, you know, the Muppets were meant to be in these movies, I think. I you could fight me on it. I'm just humming. Oh, okay. Hmm. Well, anyway, we've got how many fucking Muppet movies? Let's forget Muppets in Space. Let's just pretend that one didn't happen. Well now hold on. I'm a huge Muppets in Space. Get out of here with your Muppets in Space. I'm garbage. the world's biggest Muppets in Space fan is me. I can't even. Muppets in Space was actually probably one of the first Muppet movies I saw because they played it for like a movie Friday in elementary school. And uh, it was weird. And I thought I didn't like the Muppets for a long time because <laughs> of that movie. And I was wrong. You found out that you love the Muppets. And I, it's just. I thought it was like some weird Men in Black parody. I was very confused. <laughs> um, do you think that's why they did Muppets in Space? I kind of do. If you think about like the alien type yeah. creatures. like it They look really like Pepe the King Prawn. Yes. Garmin, yes. he, oh my God, could you imagine if the worms in Men in Black all had the like Pepe the King Prawn completely undiscernible yeah. Spanish or French accent? Because he's always saying Spanish words, but I always, as a child, I was always like, he's got a weird French accent. <laughs> he's always, he go, he's speaking in Spanish, but I like, that is not a Spanish accent. I don't even know what that is. I love it. I love um, that he calls him Kerman. I don't know why, yeah. but that's my, and it's like, you can barely tell because it sounds the same. I just love German, okay. <laughs> it's like such a oh, sorry. I'm thinking about Pepe. Love Pepe. <laughs> Creepy, but I love him. Do you remember when he and Joan Cusack were like having a disgusting, <laughs> yes. like overtly sexual affair? There's a Muppet TV special. It's probably on Peacock because it was an NBC special. It was called A Very Merry Muppet Christmas. And it was on NBC for the brief time that the Muppets had an NBC thing going, right before Disney bought them circa 2004, I want to say, they bought the Muppets. But this was like a really, like they were like trying to be slightly more adult. Well, because so, the Muppet show was for adults. Yeah, it's a little bit, the Muppets, there was always This is the thing more. with the Muppets. The Muppets were meant not for kids. Yeah. They became more for kids with Sesame Street and things like that. But the Muppets were made for adults. Like Sesame Street was explicitly for children, yeah. nobody else. But w when it came to the Muppet show, Jim Henson was always very adamant about, like, everyone can watch this. It's not necessarily right. for kids. You know, even though he was somebody who didn't like violence on TV, he thought puppet violence was very funny. And he was so right about that because, honestly, he Jim Henson only directed one of the Muppet films, and it's The Great Muppet Caper, which is admittedly, just in terms of, like, structure and plot, it's got to be the weakest of the Muppet movies because... It's pretty weirdly paced, but in terms of shots of them just throwing the fucking puppet, there's like nothing limp, funnier than throwing no, a muppet. Nothing is funnier, and no movie has more of that than Great Muppet Caper. Because there's my favorite scene in any Muppet movie is in the Great Muppet Caper. 
when they're in England and uh, Kermit goes, we need to get a cab. And Gonzo goes, I'll get a cab. And then it just cuts. <laughs> he's on the street and he goes, hang on, I got this. And then it just cuts to footage of them throwing the Gonzo puppet at a car. It's great. And then like Gonzo's in the street and he's like, they stopped because <laughs> he was thrown in front of the car. There's so much footage of them just throwing the puppets. And it is, it is every time it's funny. If you haven't seen it, please check out videos of Muppets being thrown. It's just there's nothing funnier. The only thing that's funnier is when Miss Piggy yeah. is a grown adult with a mask that's shaped like a pig face. That is hilarious to me. It's not intentionally funny. That's when she's riding the motorcycle, right? When she rides the motorcycle, when she walks away sad in the street and it's clearly like a child or a little person in a Miss Piggy suit waddling because it's restrictive. Please do yourself a favor. Google Miss Piggy roller skates. From Muppets Take Manhattan. It is the funniest thing. It is the thing. funniest thing. So, Piggy on roller skates. It's great. Hard. And these are these great moments. And the Muppet movies, I love the Muppet movies. I love the new ones. I love the old ones. Like, I think it's just, I think that's got to be one of the greatest examples yeah. of adapting a show to a movie. Because I personally think they work really well in movie format. And all the movies are pretty much based, on, not all of them, but a lot of them are based on the fact that they do have this Muppet show that they're doing, which yeah. is the TV show. The Muppets exist in a bizarre universe. We've talked about it before that it just doesn't. Makes sense. No. You can't really think about it. Because the Muppets, first of all, they've always been capable of breaking the fourth wall. There have been times where they've acknowledged that they're puppets. There's a great clip of, I think it's Fozzie and Kermit at like an award show or something, where Fozzie leans over to Kermit and is like, Kermit, who are these people underneath us? <laughs> and they like look down and, oh, I, I love when a Muppet suddenly <laughs> becomes aware of the fact that they're a puppet. No, but um, you know what? Completely forgot my... Oh, the Muppets universe doesn't make yeah. any sense. But they always seem to just kind of, in a nebulous way, have a show yeah. to do. Whether it be like a theater show, a some, TV show. Yeah. And I don't really know... Like, because some they of... They know they're making movies. There is always a place called the Muppet Theater. But it, the purpose of the Muppet Theater is always changing. Yeah. Sometimes it is where they filmed the Muppet show in the 70s, like in the 2011 Muppets. And then other times it's like where they do live yeah. musical reviews or something. I don't know. It's really unclear. But either way, you don't have to have seen The Muppet Show to yeah. enjoy the movies. No. It's, it's actually probably better if you start with The Muppet Movie yeah. than the TV show. And the movies, I'd say, have brought them more success than the, the show did. That would be my... Well, that's actually... It's hard to... It's hard for us at our age, Molly, mm -hmm. us, yo our, us youths, for us to tell. The Muppet Show was, for a time, believed to be the most popular television program in the world. Wow. Even though it was never on a single network, it was sold in syndication. Which is psychotic, but go but ahead. Like, which is how they tried to sell that Adam's Family TV show. But apparently, The Muppet Show, at a time, was literally the most popular television show in the world. And when you think about what that means at a different time. Like right now, the most popular television show in the world could have, I don't know, 13 million people watching it, mm -hmm. right? Each episode, 13 million people. That would be the most popular TV show in the world. But when you think about it's 1970 whatever, it's 1975, mm -hmm. and literally there's only th three, maybe four TV channels, depending on where you live, if you get PBS, that is a level of fame that like literally it is impossible for you and I to comprehend because nothing can be seen that ubiquitously. Right. The, the population of the world was so much smaller and the number of people on a given day yeah. watching TV so much higher Absolutely. that being the most popular or the most seen show in the world 
like lends a level of fame that becomes generational because there's no way you don't tell your kids what the Muppets are. Yeah, I guess my que- my thought like, around it is more so like, do people really remember the Muppet Show yeah. anymore, or have the movies kind of replaced sound, their memory? You sound of like the Rashida Show. Jones in the 2011 Muppets. Do people remember the Muppets? Listen, to you no. But here's the thing: is that somehow it's we like, are all familiar with we this. We remember <laughs> the Muppets, but nothing specific. Yes, no, but it's like how we all somehow have a nebulous concept, like we were saying, of the Muppets doing a show. Right. We don't know. Maybe we don't know what it is, but we are all somehow aware of that. I guarantee, if you walked up to a child today and asked, like, "Hey, you know what fucking Kermit the Frog is?" They'd be like, "Yeah, I know what fucking the Kermit the, the Frog is." Muppet babies. But. You walk up to any child today and be like, hey, what do you know about Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In, which was also an incredibly popular TV show, Molly. Yeah, I don't fucking know what you're talking about. Exactly. So Get out of here with your old people's show. Sure, sure. When I, I get think- that reference, you're going to be so sorry when I get a reference you don't get in Land of the Lost, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> if you know what Danny's talking about, you know, tweet us tweet about us. it. Write us an email about Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. Um, yeah, so I just think the Muppets do a really good job with their movies. Yeah, Muppets um, that's are great. a success as a the movie Muppets based do a great job with show. everything. They never turn in a subpar product except the many times mm, they have. Anyway, um, what's your space. number? What are you two one? I, I don't know what order we're going in. I think we're at two. Go ahead. Okay, my two is I did I cheated and did two again, but it's because they're the same. Okay. like the Bewitched and Land of the Lost. Mine are two of the same, and they're a nerd thing. And I'm sorry, I gotta shove my stupid bullshit, my cartoon garbage in here. But whatever, it's who I am, and it's what I'll always be. I consider these two. I consider these two cartoons. (laughs) Thank you, Molly. I consider these two cartoons literally the best adaptation a TV show has ever had because both of these animated films encapsulate the TV show so perfectly and add so much to the TV show they're based on. And they're just both glorious. But if you've never seen the TV show either one is based on, you can love them both. And I know that from experience because that's how I experienced both of these movies. So the two movies are Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, and Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker. Um, I There's so much to be said about these movies, but I'll keep it really brief. Uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm was the theatrically released animated movie based on Batman the Animated Series. Came out Christmas of 1993. Didn't make much of any money at the box office. Um, But the thing is, it's become very popular over the years. It's just been added to Netflix. Listen, the movie is maybe 75 minutes. It's It's not even an hour and a half. 75 minutes, an hour and 15 minutes. Do yourself a favor. Give yourself a little self-care in the quarantine. Watch Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Doesn't matter if you've never seen Batman the Animated Series. The movie stands perfectly on its own. It is the only time in the Batman the Animated Series universe that you really get much of an origin for Batman. Because the people making the show are like, everybody knows what Batman is. You don't got to watch his parents get shot every week. So they never bothered with that. Every once in a while, we would get an episode where he'd be like, Hey, Batman, how did you learn how to get out of handcuffs? And he'd be like, a magician taught me. And that's it. That's all you ever get. One time Batman meets Zatanna, the magician, and she's like, remember when you were a teenager and I met you? And he's like, yes, a magician taught me. Like, that's pretty much what you get in the show. So this movie's pretty great because you get to see a young, studly Bruce Wayne and his attempts at finding love. It is a heartbreaking movie. It makes me cry every time I watch it. I love it more than anything. Watch it on Netflix. It's great. 
Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Last Chef's Kiss. If Batman the Animated Series, the TV show, never existed, the movie would still be a perfect Batman movie. It is literally my favorite Batman movie. It's better than The Dark Knight. It's it's better than Christ on a cracker. Danny with the hot takes. I know it's a hot take, but The Dark Knight is a movie that's all about how uh, spying on people is great and right. we should let George Bush do whatever he wants because the Joker is really scary and terrorism is bad. So letting people spy on you is cool. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. I don't want to talk about At it. At any rate, Batman Mask of the Phantasm is great. It's the only Batman movie I've ever seen where Batman doesn't fucking kill anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so number one with a bullet, baby. That is to say number one without a bullet because he doesn't have a gun in this. And then Batman Beyond Return of the Joker is based on the what was, again, I feel like we all forget the number one show, like, on Saturday mornings, the number one kids show for a time, Batman Beyond. It was on Kids WB, baby. Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. It's so good. It's so, it's it's dark. It's edgy. It's, it's, but it's also fun. It's also comic. It's also light. And it's a great sort of just, hey, here's how this Batman is different from the original Batman. It's wonderful. I, I, I love it. It helps. If you have seen the first like two part episode of Batman Beyond Rebirth, which uh, gives you the origin of this new Batman. But I hadn't seen that when I saw this movie. <laughs> when I was a little kid, I saw this movie without having ever seen Batman Beyond. And this made me go watch Batman it's Beyond. Will in that movie? Will Friedel is, of course, Will. the main character in the film. I love me he some Will. really turns into a great performance in the movie because in this movie, we get to see him go up against the Joker. The Joker. The Joker. And um, he's so good as just like showing like why Batman could be 180 degrees different from the original Batman and still totally work. It's just a great movie. Highly recommend it. I wouldn't show it to like a little child, though, because it's like a little fucked up. It's a little hard <laughs> to watch. I believe that one's on HBO Max um, if you want to watch it. Um, you know, yeah. I rarely take the time to say this, but I really would like anyone listening, any of the five people listening to just legit sit down and watch both of these movies. You just Google them. They're both online. Someone's fucking put them up on the internet. Just Google the Batman Beyond Mask of the Fan, uh, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, <laughs> or Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Just Google it. Someone's put them up illegally. Watch them however the fuck you can. Oh They're God, really good. Danny endorsing. They've made their money on the illegality. They, they've made their money on Batman. I'm sure. Molly, what's your number two? My number two. Um, I don't want to say much about it because it doesn't deserve any time of day. But I wanted to mention you it. You hate it. I hate it. Oh. Um, uh, so the at, we all know the lovely TV show oh. Avatar, The Last Airbender. Um, and we all know that maybe you don't. If you don't, God bless you because you're lucky. But uh, no, uh, the horrible film, the M. Night Shyamalan film, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Um, I don't like the blue people Avatar movies at all. I hate them. I'm saying movies, but we're never getting the second one. I refuse to believe it'll happen. Um, I don't like that Avatar. But then this Avatar happened, and I hated this even more. Um, it's terrible. That's really all there is to say. It's boring. It took a fun, very funny comedic yeah. show and just tried to make it serious, and we didn't want that. No. Like, at all. Avatar is great because it, it does have a really emotional, impactful storyline, but I'll say it, that show would not work if it were not for the humor. And I'm not just talking about like, sometimes Sokka's a dum-dum. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that the show was fundamentally driven by comedy. Yeah. Like, oh, sure, there's episodes that are more intense with the plot. Obviously, once you get towards the end, you're building up to an emotional finale where Aang 
is going to have to make a very dark choice about what he's going to do when he meets Fire Lord Ozai. But I gotta be honest with you, like 90% of that show was wacky bits. Absolutely. And this movie incorporates I maybe one wacky bit. Maybe Aang does that big sneeze when he first gets out of the ice. I don't know. Look, there's it a couple was things. so boring. I don't remember it at all. I don't, honest to oh, God. Oh, I, I have a lot of memories. I, honest to God, movie. don't even know if I finished it. I know I, I, I might did. Have gotten I know I did because I saw the tease for Azula. Now, let me be. Real oh yes. yeah! It ends on a tease of like Azula. Well, that's the thing is, isn't this movie like the first? The like, movie tried to do the entire first season. Yeah. And here's the thing about Avatar is that it was designed to be a TV show, and that is maybe the central message yeah. of today's episode is that you really have to think carefully if you're trying to adapt something into right. a movie when it when it's been a TV show because. When you make a TV show, you're trying to think of an idea where it's like, what is something that will generate a story every single week? Right. It's hard to pick something like that that also just happens to work as a film. Right. So when you look at something like The Addams Family, it's not like you're trying – The Addams Family TV show, it's not like there was a very specific set of things that needed to happen yeah. that you couldn't possibly stretch into a movie. For the movie, you just basically take the characters yeah. and put them into a movie. Whereas like something like the Psych movie, we have a very structured plot that we always have in a show. It's always a mystery. And now we have to figure out how to make that work in a movie. Same thing with the maybe the Scooby-Doo, you know, they've yeah. obviously done a bunch of Scooby-Doo movies animated and otherwise at this point. That's going to be its own episode. But, oh, Scooby-Dooby-Doo. But, um, oh, Scooby-Dooby-Doo, I, lo- I love you, Scooby. You're a good Please little don't, dog. don't do that. Don't do that. That's too Trumpy. Like oh, it. I wasn't trying to be Trumpy. It's sad, Trumpy. I'm sad now. Um, Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. So they have to stretch that basic who done it. Let's yeah. figure it out. Plot into a movie. Whereas with Avatar, what they tried to do, and this is why it doesn't work, was it? It's Avatar is a show that's like a drama. It is funny, but yeah. it's a drama. It's kind of like I don't even have a good example. A serialized. It's a serialized story. So but each there's week, there's an end goal of it. So I yeah. can't think of a great comparison because it's not like Friends, where like it's like Star Wars, but it was a TV show, and it'd be yeah. like what they did was it would be like if you tried to turn the Star Wars Clone Wars yeah. TV show into a movie, into one movie, which is like, crazy because it's there's literally so much plot to get through that they just don't have enough time so huge chunks of and huge characters right you just end up leaving out and i can't even imagine what they would have done if they went forward with this series of movies if they did four movies well i guess they'd only need to do three there's only three seasons of the show but if they did three of these live action avatar movies it would be incomprehensible because they've cut so many characters it does remind me a little bit of how harry potter and the order of the phoenix is the shortest Harry Potter movie, longest Harry Potter book. Harry Potter's canceled, by the way, but you know this example right. already happened, and it's a negative thing it's that I'm talk about. It. I'm saying a negative thing about it anyway, but um, yeah. So Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, longest book, shortest movie. They cut a scene where after spoiler alert, although you shouldn't. Who gives a shit anymore? But um, <laughs> after Sirius Black dies, Harry. Uh, he leaves Harry in his will. He leaves him a magic mirror. It's like a little shard of glass. Uh, And then in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, that's a plot point. It's a minor plot point. It's not actually that important. It's just that he keeps seeing a blue eye through the mirror and he thinks it's Dumbledore. Then at the end of the book, we find out Dumbledore's brother has the other side of the magic mirror so he can look through it and see Harry. And he's been watching him. Now, here's the thing. 
that magic mirror, he's talking about it through the whole book in Deathly Hallows. It's never actually that important because I guess Dumbledore's brother just pulls him into the bar at the end. I don't really get what the magic mirror was for. Maybe I didn't read the book closely enough. At this point, I don't care. I don't want to invest any more time in these books. But like when they did the adaptation of Deathly Hallows, they were so literal Mm -hmm. that they like with everything that there are so many things in the Deathly Hallows movie that don't make any sense. Like Dobby sees Ron and he goes, it's good to see you again, Master Weasley. And he says that because in the books they had met each other because Dobby's in like two other Harry Potter books than he is in the films. In the movies, those two characters have never met. So Dobby's just saying something that doesn't make any sense. Um, Same thing with like the magic mirror. He still has it in Deathly Hallows. That's never been a thing he's had. They cut the scene from How Order of the Phoenix. Relate to Avatar? It relates to Avatar because when it comes to the Avatar movie, they were cutting out things like the 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 warrior women. Sokka falls in love oh. with 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 her, and like they cut out that whole yeah. They cut out the whole cast of characters. So when those characters were going to become relevant to the plot and Sokka was going to fall in love with her and stay with her and like that would be his primary love interest. From then on, that like you can't do that because you cut her out of the movie. She's not important to the story anymore. It's just like, Avatar works because it's like these episodic pieces, yeah. like, and you don't need them all to tell the whole story. But I feel like that's kind of I don't, that's kind, now watching Avatar again. I do see that it does kind of move a little slowly. Like, well, you I, have your filler episodes, yeah, and that, so I guess they could see getting rid of those. It just doesn't work. I don't even want to give it the time of day. It just didn't match the same energy Can of I the s- show it was trying yeah. to be serious and like dark or 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 i don't, I don't know. know what it was trying to be and everyone was white except for the villains which felt weird and i know that m night Shyamalan, the director is a person of color so maybe it's not right to criticize his choice but like the characters were all pretty clearly of certain ethnicities like ang Read pretty clearly as as Asian and uh, he's also very white in the cartoon. Well, I mean, but I assume his name. First of all, everyone else at the Air Temple where he's from is pretty clearly depicted as Asian. Yeah. Like a lot of the masters that teach him have accents, and like I understand that our main characters don't have you know accents, but neither does Zuko, and and those characters are a lot more clearly Asian inspired. Ang, I had always assumed was supposed to be, you know, he's clearly inspired by like a Buddhist monk sort yes, of thing. Yeah. And Sokka and Katara are quite clearly Inuit. Like they are meant to be an indigenous tribe of yeah. people. And yet in the movie, all three of those characters are white. You know, I can't even and tell you what Zuko... they look like. That's how little I remember <laughs> about this movie. And then Zuko and the Fire Nation are all depicted as being Indian. And it's like at the time, this like I I get why that's it's controversial. Like it's a bad choice because it's like you explicitly rooted villainy in the only characters of color in the movie. Now, granted, as the story would have progressed, we would have seen that Zuko is not actually a bad guy, that Iroh is not actually a bad guy, that those characters are the most interesting ones in the show and that they have an arc. But they only made the one movie. So what it turns out is like the white guys are good and these these Southeast Asian people are bad. And it's just it it feels icky. And all it was just mm. boring. That was my. Well, yes, it was a boring movie. But my criticism of this is that it's just not. It doesn't work. You can't just take the characters from this and put them in a movie. It's weird to do the plot yeah. of a TV show into a movie. Yes. Um, but I have- What's your one? My number one example, and this is my- Listen, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. 
Obviously, those are my favorites. I've put a lot of love into them. This is what I feel is the single best adaptation of a TV show into a movie. It's the one that clicks on every level. It's better than the TV show it's based on. It's a great film in its own right. If you've never even heard of the TV show, you probably would enjoy this movie. And it is The Fugitive, starring Uh Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. People forget that was a TV show. It is so good that it has eclipsed the TV show in the popular consciousness. I love that movie. I have never seen more than a YouTube clip of the original TV show. I don't care to. I'm never going to go back and watch that TV show. You know why? Because Dr. Richard Kimball searching for the one-armed man who killed his wife is best left to a film where that plotline can be resolved, where the characters are interesting, and there yes, is such- the show- How would you keep up that tension episode after episode in like the 60s when TV um- shows weren't that good? <laughs> like- I can't imagine it. It's, it's got to be together. a lot of filler. It's probably it's probably going to feel like a lot of the other shows that we see now, like that the are more Hulk. like crime, sh- crime shows. You know where it's. I like- love a crime show where people are trying to solve crimes. Yeah, no. Tracy, I'm trying to iron. No, like you know, like you turned into John Travolta from Hairspray. I can't. I'm sorry, um, John Glenn. Better not be going to the moon again. I feel like I could do a better impression, but I'm not going to try. Um, anyway. Uh, I feel like they kind of operate like a crime show where like they have that one villain that they're trying to get to, but yeah. we got to do all this other stuff before we get there. You know what I imagine it's like? And again, I've never watched it, so I don't know. I imagine that it's quite like the Incredible Hulk TV show from the 70s where, yes, David Banner, because he's not Bruce Banner in the show. Yes, David Banner is a wanted fugitive from the law and he turns into a big monster. But every episode is just he wanders into a new town and he meets some people and he's like, I guess I can help you fix the local gas station. I hope no one makes me angry. Uh-oh, some local street punks? Rah! Or like, you know, uh, there's like he'll wander into a new town and he's like, why is everybody here so afraid to go to the swimming pool? Oh, it's because the mob meets over there. Hmm, someone's going to have to do something about that. The mob makes me angry. Like that's every episode of the hall. He just goes to a new town. He solves their problem, and then at the end, dun 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 da da da. I'm so lonely, and he wanders off into the sunset. So I'd imagine that's what the fugitive was, where it's like I'm running because the police want to catch me because they think I killed my wife. Oh, hey, a town where they need someone to help fix the well. I guess I'll help them fix the well. What's your name, stranger? It's not Doctor Richard Kimball. Like. <laughs> I'd imagine that's what it is because you have to do it for weeks on end. The movie is great. It is a taut, suspenseful thriller where you just want Harrison Ford to like find out who did this. Yeah. You And you're so sad for him. Yes, it's unfortunate to have the whole misogynistic trope of the wife isn't even a character. She's just a prop used to motivate the drama for a man. And there's not really a leading female character in the movie to speak of. But those issues we aside. Have, we can have some movies like that. Some of them can we exist. Have, it's just that we have we too have many too of many, them. We have too yes. many, but if we yes. had to keep one, let's keep this one. If we, listen, I would get rid of a thousand Liam Neeson movies oh, where his I wife is dead and he's sad. I, I would get rid of the movie nonstop where he and Julianne Moore help land that plane. I would get rid of that if it meant if it means I get to keep The Fugitive because The Fugitive is so great. I genuinely believe it's the best movie ever based on a TV show except wow. for Adam Sandler Valley, <laughs> 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 which fucking rules. <laughs> Um, um. So my number. Well, it's my number oh, five. Wait. Okay. Real quick, did you hear Quibi is turning the Fugitive back into a TV show? No. They're doing a remake of the Fugitive in ten minute chunks on oh, Quibi. Oh, that's it's hysterical. a Quibi. It's a Quibi. I it's don't... a quick bite of the Fugitive. 
Quibi Beach, quick play. Those loud. Um, That's the most excited anyone's ever gotten for Quibi. I don't think that'll be good because <laughs> The Fugitive's a good movie it's and starring, why should we mess up it? But it stars a famous guy. I got to look it up. You look it up. I'll talk about my number one. Please. What's really my number five? Again, this is in no order. Um, but um, so I recently found out that the Mission Impossible movie series is based on a TV show, I guess, or inspired by a TV show. No, it's show. based, it's directly based on that. Directly based on, it's going to yeah, follow the exact of, plot. Yeah, well, no, the character of Ethan Hunt, who That's is the I'm Tom Cruise character, it's, he's it's new. No, by. he's new, he's not in the TV right. show. But the characters in the first Mission Impossible movie are the characters, like, one of them is based on the character from the TV show. The, the, the bad guy in the first movie. And the actor who played that character in the TV show, they asked him if he wanted to do it. And he said no, because he felt it was a betrayal of his character. Mm. But now nobody remembers the TV show. Well, I don't give a rat's butt about the TV show because I I'm, love. No. Say ass. I wanted to say rat's butt this say time. Say ass. I can say rat's Just ass. Just say ass. But I unrela- didn't want there, to. you did it. Okay, great. Just don't tell me what to say. That is so, like, controlling of you, Daniel. I'm eating a tiny donut. Just because you're a man, you can tell me what to say on the podcast? No, I would tell you what to say if I was a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um, (laughs) I would command you around no matter what. um, Anyway, Mission Impossible movies. I fucking love this movie. So the first Mission Impossible film I saw was, I guess, Mission Impossible 5. I went in having never seen a Mission Impossible movie, kind of like annoyed that I was going to see this for Danny's birthday. And let me tell you, I was on the edge of my fucking seat. Literally, it's the only time in my life I've ever experienced literally sitting on the edge of my seat and watching everyone else around me sitting on the edge of my seat. Uh Oh, (laughs) they weren't. They weren't. I can't. I'm sorry. They weren't all sitting on the edge of my seat. They were sitting (laughs) on the edge of theirs. Oh, I'm losing it. Um. And then the most recent Mission Impossible movie, that really, it's just, wow. One thing after another, it just gets your heart rate up. You're just going like, I, I, I'm i running out of things to say, and Danny's looking at his phone, so he's not really interacting with me. But no, keep Mission, going. No, no, you're doing Mission great. Impossible is a great film series, and you should all watch it. And uh, anyway, my point is I've never seen the show, but I do think that the movies are great. So it clearly works as a movie, and you don't have to have seen the show. So whatever the move, the show did to spark these movies, I'm very grateful for because nothing is as intense as these movies. I love them, and I can't wait for 500 more. Yeah, so uh, the remake of The Fugitive that's on Quibi. Oh, also the Mission Impossible movies are the best movies I've ever seen in my life. They're fantastic. And um, I listen. Don't watch the old Mission Impossible TV show, Molly, because you will be bored. <laughs> I, I know you. You will not have a good time. It is very 70s, but I will say that a little treat for me is that at one point, Leonard Nimoy joins the cast of the show. Once Star Trek was over, he just walked across the Paramount lot. He said, I'm doing this now. And so he he becomes a character on that. At any rate, Molly, uh, the Fugitive uh, remake is starring Kiefer Sutherland. That, that was the actor I was trying to think of. <clears throat> Jack Bauer himself. I see, I see. Yeah, um, and also in 2000, yeah, from 2000 to 2001, they tried a TV remake of the TV show The Fugitive on, I want to say, CBS. Um, They tried it, didn't work, only ran for one season, but it starred Tim Daly, who was the voice of Superman, and I guess was also on some show called Wings that people like, I don't know, never heard of it, ran for 10 years. Point is, I'm Danny, you're Molly. Yeah. Those are the TV shows we had a list of. What a good time we've had. These are based on, yeah, a great time. Real quick, yeah. before we go mm-hmm. for the evening, um, let's pitch 
one TV show each yep. that we think would make an incredible film. And we knew we were going to ask each other this question ahead of time, and but I like, did not. I didn't think about I it. I didn't even <laughs> stop to think, but we're going to just riff just off the seat of our pants. Okay. First TV show that comes to mind, Molly, what TV show do you think would make a great movie? Um, I, I, so I, the first thing that came to mind is like a sequel movie, like a continuation. Yeah. Um, I, I'm hesitant to say. You want to do another Lost in Space? No, no. Um, my, I was thinking that I always kind of, I would have thought Charmed, would, the TV show Charmed would have made a good movie. Um. Better movie than a TV show. I love the TV show, but because I did they... think that I would have liked some kind of like reunion movie from them. Um, we could do it over Zoom. They could. No, just because of, you know, yeah. we all, I, would, I, I don't want to get into it. Really, I would but. only watch Charmed with you because in the theme song, <laughs> there's this one sound effect that goes, <laughs> it's the worst thing in the world and yeah, I loved it. I love it. And it was right before the whiniest song ever written. I am the, the sun yeah. and the air. Great song. Um. Yeah, they here. actually got rid of the theme song because they don't have the rights to like the song yeah. anymore. So if you stream it on Netflix, it's not the Charm theme song. The genius producers of Charmed didn't think to clear the rights to their own theme song in perpetuity. They were like, nah, licensed for 10 years. That's fine. And like they they didn't clear it. And it's not like a famous song. No. It's not like CSI where the theme song was written by The Who right. and they just played a famous song. It's literally the song. I've never heard it outside of the context of Charm. I don't even know what the second verse would be. All right. I know is I am human and I need to be loved because that's when it ends. I unfortunately do know the whole song. I did buy it on iTunes. And that's you're the to one. It a lot. I am the one. Hey, if you're the band who wrote the theme song to Charmed, we got your number one fan. I love them. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but so, I just love that they didn't think they would need the rights no, like in perpetuity. They were like completely no. stupid. I really thought that Char like I've always wanted a Charm reunion movie because of the fact that Shannon Doherty leaves the cast after season three, and yeah. I feel like it's dumb that these witches who can do everything and we meet many a dead family members can't bring their sister back. Like it's because of off screen reasons. It's because Shannon Doherty left yeah. the show. They weren't going to bring her back. But I would have loved to see some movie where that happened. But more importantly, I do think that that show in general could have just like the first episode really that first beginning yeah. could have worked as a movie very easily I and we've seen that like as movies before someone yeah. magically gets powers and you know it's a movie i don't think it'd be anything revolutionary but if they were gonna reboot charmed instead of making a fucking reboot tv show with yeah. different people i would have almost just rather than make like a movie honestly charmed fascinates and haunts me it is weird it breaks its own rules maybe every other episode it it's is true, but I a love it. baffling show please don't try to pick it up it's like smoking it's a bad habit once you start you can't stop i love the show i love the show i i watched it because you did um Okay, here's Here the go. thing. Here you go. This is hard to think of. Yeah, on the even spot. while you were giving your answer, I didn't take the time to think of one of mine. I was about to say Jake and the Neverland Pirates, but that's based that's on Peter, Peter Pan, Pan so yeah. they already did that. I don't know why I was about to name a preschool show. Um, I know you asked me, and <laughs> all TV shows left my head. I was going to say like Teletubbies or something. I don't know why I can only think of like Disney Junior shows right now. I can't now. think of a show. I'm like, what's a you know well, you know what could have worked as a movie? What? Um, 
How I Met Your Mother, but not like not drawn out for oh, eight like years. Oh, like some actual conclusion. Yeah. You want to talk about a drawn out plot line? Avatar is a tight, <laughs> concealed like that's done in done in one. Um, let's see. Oh, Wild Wild West is based on a TV show, by the way. I feel like a lot of people forget that Will Smith's hit mm-hmm. film Wild Wild West, Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West, based on a TV show uh, where the villain is a little person named Loveless, and then in the movie, he is a person of average height, but he is missing his lower half because of the Civil War, and then he builds himself a steampunk spider body. Hmm. If you would like to build yourself a steampunk spider body, um, please DM me on Twitter, at (laughs) Pants Podcast, at The Pants Podcast. Don't send it to Pants Podcast. They won't help you. Only I yeah, can help you. Yeah, there is apparently some more podcasts popping up with pants in their name. Can and you we'd like this? to say that we were here first. You, I mean, I think we might have been here second or third. But the well, point is, first, first, pants. But before this new one. At any rate, anyway, long. do you got a show or not? Um, I really don't, but I'm going to just shoot one off because it's the first show that came to mind. American Idol the movie. And here's what it's going to be. <laughs> It is a fictionalized a story of one person going on American Idol and sort of the perils and pitfalls that they face. And it just occurred to me, no, I can't do this one because Netflix just put out that movie Eurovision, which is based on a real life song contest. So they, Will Ferrell beat me to it. That say, son of a bitch. You know what I realized, Danny? I, in telling my Will Ferrell story, referenced another movie that was based on a TV show. The Impractical Jokers movie yes. is based on the TV God, show. Every TV show, Jokers. every TV show is already a movie. I got nothing. I don't know. You know what? How about this? You tweet us what mo- what TV show you'd like to see be made into a movie. Whether that be a um you know a sequel, a prequel or just a adaptation of the same yeah. characters. I would love to see Look, there's a movie for Batman the Animated Series. Batman Masculine Phantasm now on Netflix. There's a movie for Batman uh, Beyond. How about you give me a Superman the Animated Series movie? And here's what I want it to be, okay? Please, everybody in the world, be quiet for two seconds while I tell you my grand idea. Here's what it is. Lois Lane takes a day off. I want to watch that brassy gal. I want to watch her go around town. I want to watch her go for a jog in the morning, which we know she does because of the episode Father's Day. Um, actually, no, that's not the one. Shoot, what's the one where she takes the walk? There's one where she's jogging in the park. We never see her jogging, and it's like a random activity for her to be doing. I can't remember. It's one of the ones with the uh, apocalypse New Genesis characters. I can't remember anymore. I'm an old man. The point is, Molly, Lois Lane goes for her morning jog, and then she says, you know what? I'm not going into work today. She picks up her phone. She calls Perry White. She says, I'm not coming into work today. And we here's the film. Lois Lane without any Superman until the last, like, five seconds of the movie, okay? It is her and Clark Kent, and they're having a pleasant day off. They run into Jimmy Olsen at the store. Turns out he called out sick, too. Just a nice day, because you know what? When was, when was the last time Lois Lane got a break from anything? She is got to be run ragged at this point. Probably. This poor woman. She's always falling out of skyscrapers and being picked up by big robots I, that want to hurt her. We'll have to see if it happens. Danny. Let's call it, you know how there's baby's day out? Let's call it Lois's day out. All right. Let's actually, no, let's still call it baby Lois's day out. <laughs> baby's day out starring Lois Lane. <laughs> Lois Lane takes a baby out for the day. <laughs> um, while Days we're here. With Lois Lane. I just have to say, Lois while Days this is not out. a movie based on a TV show, 
one might argue it's a movie loosely inspired by that we watched for the first time this week. We shouted it out on Twitter. We shouted it out on Instagram. We're going to shout it out here. (laughs) Fran Drescher's Beauty... I'm sorry. I fucked up. Fran Drescher... Oh, my God. Fran Drescher's Beautician and the Beast. You're nothing. You're a garbage worm. You're, he talks to You're me. a dim worm. I'm trying to tell them about this movie. Fran Drescher's Beautician and the Beast. Like she directed hysterical it. Hysterical film. Okay, she's just in it, and I'll call it hers. She owns she pro- it. No, she produced it too. Okay, then shut up. Um, she. <laughs> it, I would argue it's loosely inspired by the nanny because it's a very similar idea. Hey, but I'm not tired of it. You don't think it's it. based on Beauty and the Beast? It's do totally you? not. It's way more based on The Sound of Music. Um, yeah, that's fair. It's a lot of, look, it's a lot of cliches you've seen before. It's a lot of romantic comedy tropes. But in a way, you've never seen them because it's Fran. She doesn't take any nonsense from anyone. You want a strong female character that y'all are always looking for in movies? It's Fran Drescher in Beautician and the Beast. Molly, do you want to agree to make the next episode of the show just about Beautician and the Beast? We might. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week for our episode about Beautician and the Beast. Might be a short one because we have nothing but good things to say. Um, I would like to give a little uh, shout out um, just so y'all know. Uh, Danny and I, along with our brother Ryan, are starting another podcast. Um, it's very specifically a Phineas and Ferb rewatch podcast called Candace Party. Um, so if you're looking to watch Phineas and Ferb for the first time or if you're a diehard Phineas and Ferb fan... Please check out Candace Party, um, coming soon to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hell yeah. Um, There'll be less cursing on that show because it is about Phineas and Ferb, but it's, it's for adults. It's for adults. It's everything's, for, it's like a Muppet show. It's really just for Phineas and Ferb content, though. That's all you're going to get there. Anyway, thank you for listening to uh, The Pants Are Too Tight. This is still the best name for a podcast ever. Tweet us, email us, Instagram us, you know. Just please, we want attention. Find us at Top Tomato. We want attention. Track down a Top Tomato and create a 20-mile search radius, and I want you to search every outhouse, every shit house, every waffle house, every, I can't remember the speech he does. It's a dog house, an outhouse, a waffle house, whatever the thing is where Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive is trying to describe all the kinds of houses Dr. Richard Kimball might be hitting in. Hiding in. Hitting in? Jesus Christ, I need to go to bed. You gotta go to bed. Subscribe to HBO Max for Lois Lane's Baby's Day Out. Just subscribe to Baby's Day Lois. Beautician and the Beast. Beautician and the Beast is on HBO Max and it's incredible. Um, Lois Lane's Baby Day Out. Day Out, Lois Baby Lane. Baby Lane, Lois Day. Day in with a day. Day oh, me say day oh. Day like come. Harry. Delightfully very. It's the Adams family. Welcome to the Adams family. Go into the Adams family. Come into the Adams family.